Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we continue our series on how to prepare for the holiday season. This time we drill right into two really complex issues. One is around finances during the holiday season, and the other is how we deal with family during the holiday season. So we talk about these dynamics, we give you some practical tools, some advice on how to stay connected, And we know if you listen to this, you're gonna have a few things that you can talk to your partner about that are gonna help you be more connected and also feel more loving towards one another. So stay tuned. Do you wanna feel more emotionally and intimately connected with your partner? Then we have the tool that is exactly right for you. We have a program called Relationship Renovation at Home. And it is an amazing way for you and your partner to have a structured way weekly to work together. Because we deserve awesomeness in our relationships. Just go to our website, relationshiprenovation.com. At the top, there's a link to at home program and it will give you a free lesson. If you want to just check it out and see if it's something that works for you and your partner, we know it will make a significant positive impact on your relationship. Hello, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And today is part two of really trying to have a plan for the holidays. They can be joyful, and we also know they can be very stressful. And so our podcast today is really to help you plan for the holidays together so you can be in it together. Yeah, I mean, so in the last episode, we focused on two specific things. And one was connecting with your partner in sort of a a broader sense about the type of holiday season you wanna have together, maybe recognizing some of the old patterns from prior holiday seasons that might not have been as connecting. And then we also talked a little bit just about personal wellness and how that can be a challenge during the holidays and how the two of you can be connected in that as well. And yeah, so, the distribution of all of the different tasks and just trying to stay in it together. Absolutely. So yeah. today, ooh, the two Fs, family yeah. and finances. Finances and family. Which one do we want to hit first? I mean, I think let's, let's start off with finances, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the holidays are definitely a time in many ways that things are not entirely normal. No, there's a huge influx. They're amplified, you know, everything. Emotions are amplified. Interactions are amplified. And money, it's definitely amplified. You know, it's a time where out of nowhere, we generally have to buy gifts for at the very least everybody in your family and most likely other people as well. It's a time where maybe we throw a party where- Don't look at me like that. Oh my God. Don't you look at me our, like- Our metastasizing party that we're, we're having. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> that, that, you know, it's just an expense that you normally don't have. And that credit card bill is working hard. And, you know, couples already have oftentimes systems around money that were developed not intentionally. You know, they just sort of, they ended up that way. And maybe it functions on some level, but then when, you know, big things happen, like the holidays, Mm -hmm. like maybe a a lessening of of finances and other different seasons or whatever, but when things change, some of those old systems expose the problems that function within them. Right, and we all very individually, uniquely have different types of relationships with money. 
right? And different expectations around budgets around Christmas. And if you're not talking to your partner about it, it can definitely lead to a lot of tension and a lot of conflict. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've noticed, and this is sort of maybe in our relationship, but I've also seen it in couples that we've worked with, is that you have like this almost power struggle that develops. Because oftentimes there's one person in the relationship who sort of functions more as mm. the accountant of their family, you know, that they're mm -hmm. they're the ones who are looking at the bills every day. They're the ones who are moving, you know, finances around. And they tend to be, you know, the person who maybe is a little more gripping and a little more like aware of like, hey, we need to not spend as much money. And then the other person maybe is is less plugged in to it and doesn't have an idea of it. So they're more of like sort of put the foot on the gas as far as the money. And then there's this really negative dynamic that develops is that like the accountant of the family is sort of pulling back and the other person is trying to move forward and maybe feels controlled, you know, and, and maybe the person who's the accountant within the family feels like unappreciated or misunderstood. And so we want to help you guys around finances at the holidays, you know, acknowledge what works and what doesn't work for the two and, of you. And I think just starting off acknowledging like it's just this month is different. We're going to be spending more right? It's the holidays, like it's different. Instead of not acknowledging it, just kind of that first piece of it is like, okay, where do we go from here? We know that, right, there's more going on this month than our usual month, that that spending is going to be a little bit different, right? And then you're going to talk about each of your expectations, right? How much do you plan on spending? How many people do you plan on buying for? And, you know, the other partner is going to share theirs. And you're just trying to come up with something that works for both of you that feels very realistic. And instead of being like, I can't believe that your budget is that and my budget is this, you're going to validate each other's unique differences with their expectations around the holiday spending. Well, and I think a big part of that is when you do what we're asking you to do, which is sit down and say, hey, can we talk a little bit about finances and, and how it's gonna affect us over the holiday season is acknowledging the sort of like internal, the emotional aspect of it. You know, that if one person gets very stressed about money during the yeah. holidays, just them saying like, look, I just want you to be aware that it does kind of stress me out. And I, it brings up a lot of fear for me. And then I get to ask you like, hey, how can I support you in that fear? Because I don't want to make it worse for you. I want to be able to be like, hey, you're not in this alone. I've got you too. Yeah even if I want to spend more money than you do. <laughs> Just me knowing that I'm supporting you feels really good, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to talk about how you can support each other in the anxiety or tension it might cause one or both people to rack up a credit card or live above your means more than you're used to. Yeah. I mean, and, and it works on the flip side as well of like understanding the person who maybe isn't the budgeter, understanding like their emotional feelings around money. Like for you, Tara, like, so in, in our dynamic, I'm definitely the one who's a little more grippy around around money this time of the year. Mm. But help me understand, mm. like, what is it about the holidays and buying gifts and all of that that's so that's so special and important to you? Because I don't think you just like, it's just like, oh, I just want to spend tons of money. That's not why you do it. No, I love love. I love giving. 
I love picking out things that you don't get throughout the year that's super special for someone. I'm not just one of these gift card people. I like really try to make it personal and endearing and that I've, you know, thought and was creative about why this person would think that's really special. Like I just love making people feel special and unique, right? We don't do that a lot of times throughout the year, so. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's important. Sometimes I wish I could just like do a gift card and be like, here, here you go. Because <laughs> I put so much thought and energy into it. But I, that is not me. Yeah. That is yeah. not me. Well, and if, and if I'm not careful, I can get into a story of like, oh, Tara just doesn't even care about money. And my focus goes on to like something that's like agitating to me. Instead of hearing what Tara just said is like, wow, she just, she really loves to give, you know? She really loves to make people feel special by getting them something unique and, you know. And then you get to tell me a budget. <laughs> well, and but then then there's some creativity allowed there, right? And so, cause yeah, I mean, one thing that we've talked about in just a very practical way is that we're creating a budget. Like, mm-hmm. like this is how much we can spend on gifts and then how does this break up between everybody in our family? But by understanding like, it's not just about like getting them the the shiniest, nicest thing. It's about making them feel special. So then we could maybe be like, hey, what's something really wonderful we could get this person or we could create for this person that maybe fits into our budget, right? You know, that 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 might achieve both of our desires is like for me to not come out of the financial season feeling really strapped for you making sure that everybody felt really special and appreciated and loved. And I, I really envy those people that start like a little Christmas savings budget, like in January. So by December, they're like, oh, here's our Christmas budget. And here's like, we've got to do that, honey. (laughs) But we also want to know, like, if you're listening to this and you have a system that works really well, you learn from us, we learn from you. Like, let us know what that is so we can kind of share that on our podcast too. I mean, so the key thing we're saying is like, you have to be connected. You have to recognize that you have different ways of approaching the holiday season. And spending. And spending. And that you have to acknowledge like, hey, we sort of have systems that we've created together that, you know, like, I don't force you to look at our bank accounts. You know, (laughs) I I don't force you to you know, be in in the muck. And so it's not really fair for me all of a sudden, December 15th to be like, do you understand what the, the effect this is having on our, yeah. on our wellness? It's like, no, you don't, because I don't tell you it the rest of the season. So then I have to be understanding that we've created a system mm-hmm. that, that contributes in some ways to my stress and either I change it and I say like, look, we got to do things differently. Or I accept, hey, this is the way we're doing it. And how do we figure out Mm -hmm. a way to to communicate more effectively within the system that we've created? So before moving into the family thing, can I ask you one question? Sure. Does that mean I can't have secret credit cards? (laughs) Definitely. It's funny. (laughs) I was talking to a member of our staff and we were talking about a betrayal. And one of the significant betrayals that people struggle with is financial betrayal, is stuff like that when people don't tell them that they have other credit cards or, you know, that that's, that's really tough stuff. 
Okay. So let's move into family because really like I always have a visual when I think of this and it's of course my favorite freaking movie of all time, Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation where all the family comes and it's and the just- the hap, hap, happiest. I, I mean, again, a time where people come together and the family's there and everybody's enjoying food and drink and gift giving. It can also be- super stressful yeah. on many levels for many, many reasons. Yeah. I mean, a big theme that we've in the last two weeks that we were talking about the holidays is just in a general sense, the holidays amplify everything. And family is certainly an aspect of like family interactions are super amplified during this time. And this is a time where you can get pulled apart and this is a time where you need each other the most and you can support each other in the best way so that you don't have to struggle individually around what is happening if there are some dysfunctional family dynamics or boundaries that continue to be crossed. So this is why we really wanna focus on this for the rest of our podcast and share some insights, some tools on how to navigate and support each other. We can't control how other people react. Yeah. We can control what our choices are, and we can have our partner to have our back and have some plans. So it's an important one. Absolutely. So where do we start with? Well, I mean, I think as always, we start with a conversation. Where could things go wrong, right? You're looking at the patterns. Wow, last time, like my dad was raging. And again, you're kind of just like identifying where things could go wrong. Who do you have difficult, turbulent relationships with? I had a client come in yesterday. It was over Thanksgiving, a couple, and they, you know, she has a really hard time getting along with his family. So she didn't want to go to their house. So they actually had a Thanksgiving at their house with both families. And usually the in-laws are kind of persnickety to her. So we had this plan where she would look at her husband if she felt like she was being criticized by the, the mother-in-law and he would pound his chest and that pounding, like a gentle pound was like, I love you so much. We've got this, right? And the mother-in-law came and she gave the, my client a piece of garlic. And she said, I only brought one because you don't cook a lot. So you probably don't need a lot. Normally that would have sent my client over the edge. She looked at her husband, did his little heart pound. She was like, okay. Thank you so much for the garlic. I do cook and thank you. Instead of spiraling out of control, then feeling resentful for her husband for having the in-laws like this, they were so proud of themselves. And it was just that little thing, that little interaction, because she knew she was going to get triggered by the critical piece of his family. Yeah. I mean, so I think what that is, is it's an example of, okay, there's this difficult dynamic that happens within our family when everybody gets together. We're gonna recognize it ahead of time. We're gonna say, hey, this happens. And then we're gonna create a plan for it. And one great plan is nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when there's a difficult moment with a certain family member of a sign from across the room, or if you seeing it agreeing like, hey, I'm gonna come up behind you and put my hands on your shoulders, like is a way to maybe not verbally let the other person know that you're there for them, right? Yeah. Another strategy, and we're talking right now as far as like actually in an event, right. like, like everybody's over or parties or, or whatever, is creating a system of check-ins during it. Like it's, every hour, every minute. <laughs> yeah, like every hour, 
we go outside and we just sort of like take a deep breath. We take a deep breath. Maybe a say, shot of tequila. We just say kidding. we say, How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. You know, that that we create a system of like because really what that's doing is it's saying like, hey, we're the primary. Mm-hmm. Me and my partner are the primary. Everybody else is second. And when you have a plan and action together, even if you're feeling the most alone because you're in with your family and maybe it's a really dysfunctional family dynamic, when you have someone that has your back and you have a plan, you're like in it together, like nothing can steer you wrong because you guys got this. Yeah, That's what it feels like. And there's also, I mean, again, there's a lot of different issues that people have, but what if one person of the coupleship does not want to go to the other person's family's house, right? But the other person feels obligated to go. And then there's children in two. Like, how do you navigate that? Because it's both people have needs here. One has a need. Hey, that's a toxic environment for me. I don't want to bring me or my children there. The other is like, wow, I know it's toxic, but those are my family and I have to go. I feel like this sense of dedication to them, like to at least show up. That's a difficult one. And it does happen more often than not. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's a hard one to like give advice that's very blanket, you know, of like, hey, do this, don't do that. Because, you know, there's so many levels of of, of variance and dysfunction that we're dealing with, right? I mean, I I think that like, you know, that that's the type of thing where we're talking about long-term shifts in relationship with in-laws. Right. And I think it's important to set ourselves up for success, especially during the holiday season and knowing that like, you know, going over to the in-laws house or the in-laws coming over or whatever the dynamic is, that coming in with the expectation that over the holiday season, you are gonna fundamentally change that relationship or you're gonna finally establish a boundary that has been un, that you've been unable to do, I think and you gotta be careful with that because you can set yourself up for behavior. So from my perspective, you wanna like name it you know, you want to name like, hey, there's this difficult dynamic and this is an achievable goal for right. us this time. You know, we can take a step towards getting to eventually where we want to get with this. And I think what what I try to do with some of my individuals or couples that deal with this is like, your partner is not their family, but sometimes we project that the family is a partner. And so we start to feel resentment towards our partner for having the family that they have that's not fair. We have to be able to see them as separate and having that conversation like, look, I hear that it's really important for you to see your family and your family dynamics are really hard for me, but I love you and I want to support you and I do want to hear your needs. You know, just having that conversation, like that feels like you're in it together and it feels safe. Yeah. But we we get so caught up in like attaching our partner to the family because yeah, that's where they grew up, but they're separate from that. And that's where a lot of conflict and resentment can start to stir up, but we have to look at it from a different point of view. Yeah. I mean, and I think you have to like, you have to set this intention that we're just going to try to be connected. Right. That like, we might not be able to completely shift this because maybe if we had our choice, maybe we would like just go to Telluride for Christmas or go to Mexico or whatever. But you know, this year we can't. And so how do we create, maybe it's that like, we create a space during the day where it is just 
our nuclear family. And we really like enjoyed that time. And then we have, we're prepared to go into the family environment that maybe is challenging, but just like, again, setting these like very achievable goals. I think we've talked a lot about in-laws, but it's also like, you know, your experience with your family, like maybe you're an adult now and you're bringing your spouse and your kids, yet you go you know, hang out with your family, you feel like you're a kid again. They're treating you like you're they're 13. There's a lot of unmet childhood needs that continue in adulthood that for sure get triggered when we are with family again. And if you can let your partner know what that is, because again, you can't change how other people respond, but you can choose how to talk to your partner, understand what you're feeling and say, hey, this is what would feel really good. Like, even though I don't feel like loved or visible to my family now, like I know that you and I have each other's back. And I can give a personal example because I spend more holidays with your family than mine because they live much closer. But when I go home, whether it's for the holidays or whatever, like I am like that little invisible person. Like I could be in the room with like five other family members and my family will offer everybody like appetizers and drinks and they don't even talk to me or see me. It's like, I'm so taken for granted. Like I'm invisible. I I still don't understand why that is, but I've planned for it now every time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there and they're not going to see me. And they're not going to ask me if there's anything I need, but my cousin will be right next to me and they'll be like, oh, can I, what do you, and I'm prepared for that. And if you're with me, I get to look at you and I get to show you that sadness that I feel because it happens every time. And I feel like, well, I know that you love me and I'm visible to you. And whatever reason these people, (laughs) my family treat me that way, that's, that's on them. That's not on me. Like I know I'm important, but if I didn't have that, I mean, talk about how triggered, and I've been there, how triggered I would feel about being invisible in my family. How many times have I called you from home when I'm in Indiana? Like, wow, it's happening again. Well, and if I don't know it, right? And so say we're in an environment like that and I'm not paying attention, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like watching the football game or whatever. And then that's happening to Tara. And then she looks to me and I'm not tuned into her either. Like what's gonna happen? She's gonna, that's gonna like amplify it even more. And But if we've prepared, if we've identified like all yeah. of you can, what are challenging dynamics with the family? What happens and then we have you? a plan. Make sure you're really tuned in or make sure if I call you and I'm with, you're not with me at my family's that you make time gosh dang it, you know, you make time and you make me feel important because that's your job. And that is my, my job is because you are the most important person in my life. And really what we're talking about here, because it's so important to talk about, wow, here's what happens for me when I'm with these people together, whether it's with your family, my family, whatever it might be, and setting boundaries, like how do we protect each other from some toxic dynamics Again, before that idea like, oh, my partner should just know how to set boundaries with their family or my family. No, it is so hard, especially if you have a family that doesn't have any boundaries. You don't even know how to set boundaries. How in the world can you protect your partner if you've never even been able to protect yourself? So what are the boundaries needed, right? How do we protect each other from this? And how do we make an escape plan if things go wrong or someone's feeling really triggered. Yeah. And you know, we also also just throw out the, the that there are 
very challenging and you know dynamics within family there are like significant substance abuse issues or there's are people who are like you know sort of like emotionally unsafe to be around and if that's the truth then it's like Tara said it's like we have to find like escape routes and we have to find ways to know like okay when is it just too much and this isn't functional for us to stay in this so this is really important this is another couple's dynamic that i worked with last year right his family drank a lot. And so when he would go to his families, he would drink a lot because his cousins, his uncles, his dad, they would drink a lot. And if he didn't drink a lot, they would call him like names, like, what are you, a sissy? Like just whatever. He felt obligated we know the to names. drink. Well, this was super triggering to his wife because she would always have to be the designated driver. They have two girls. She didn't get to have any fun at all. And he felt obligated to be with his family. And I said, listen, it is the two of you. You two are the most important out of anybody else. We can't have those thirds coming in. So you guys have got to make a plan. They made a plan that it would be a two drink minimum. They'd stay for two hours. That was last year and it worked perfectly. They were so proud of themselves that they were able to do that. And you know what? Whatever his cousins, uncles, dad wanted to say, it doesn't matter he and his wife felt connected in it and they felt empowered in it. And now they don't have that kind of yucky feeling like, oh my gosh, he's going to get really loaded. And I'm like, they're in it together. They set boundaries. And now the family knows that there's boundaries. And the more you continue to have those boundaries, the family will stop. They'll realize, oh, wow, this is who they are now. So there was a dynamic that I think it's really important we talk about as well. You brought it up a little bit earlier. And this is so common is that oftentimes one partner's family is in much closer proximity than the other partners. And the couple spends a majority of the holiday season with one family every year. And that can be a tough one because you know, for, for a number of reasons. I mean, Tara, you, you go into it because you're on the side of your family's lives in a different state. Well, I, yeah, I think it just, it's easier because your family lives where we live. It's harder to travel. It's more expensive to travel. So I've accepted like, oh, well, your family lives like a few miles from us. And so of course I'm going to spend every Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and whatever. But then there's times where I just feel like if I wanted to go home for Christmas, like, is that even a possibility? Like, could I leave Tucson? Like, it almost feels like this distant fantasy, like going home for the holidays. I would love to, again, we, you know, we, think about finances and six plane tickets on the holidays. And that seems really stressful. So I, you know, I kind of make my time up elsewhere, but yeah, it, it, it sometimes doesn't feel fair, yeah. but I'm also accepted it because, you know, I can't help the geographical distance between our families, but it also means that it's more important outside of the holidays that you're connecting with my family, maybe not as much as I connect with yours, but that you're making an attempt. That was a big thing really quick. So I, right, I'm that gift giver. I love coming up with personalized creative gifts for everybody. And I would always focus on your family and the kids. And I remember like, does EJ even think about my family? Like he's never once mentioned getting a gift for my sister or my family. And I remember like that kind of boiled underneath the surface, like that I'm spending all this time thinking about gifts for your family and honey badger don't give a shit about mine. (laughs) 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 It's true, right? Again, I've accepted that 
I am just... <laughs> well, the funny thing is I don't think about buying my family gifts either because you get them all. <laughs> this is true. I've accepted. But we're going to do something about that this year. We, we, we have a plan. We do have a plan, but see- I could buy us- my two uh, brother-in-laws. Yeah, I could buy the two, my two brother-in-laws presents this year. Should I, would that help? It, it would just mean a lot that you are thinking of my family too, especially because I don't get to be with my family hardly ever on Christmas. All right. So knowing that you're like, hey, what do you think we should get your sister? I would be like, well, first of all, like get me off the ground because I just fainted. <laughs> but it would feel really good because I do- I don't realize how much I miss them until we're talking about this now. Yeah. That like, yeah, I feel like, oh, it sucks that I don't get to be with them on, on the holidays. Yeah. All right. I can I can get down with that. So talk about that dynamic. Well, that was like a very clear request. You sort of made a request to sort me. Sort of. I was, yeah, I didn't even realize it until I realized yeah. it. Like, yeah. And yeah. that's that's so doable. That would actually be fun. So. And it's like a new skill set for you, honey, learning how to like, think of all the people in your family and your wife's family. Yeah. And like what would what would be meaningful to them? Absolutely. I don't even want to know what would be meaningful for my brother and my Oh, my, I got I actually have a couple of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so many different factors play into family dynamics at the holidays, but if you and your partner can have some honest discussions around what happens for you, what happens for the other person, how to set healthy boundaries, how to have little nonverbal cues or code words. So you guys, it's going to feel really good because we cannot change other people, but we can have a plan with each other to get through this and try to have the most joyful holiday spirit that we can. Yeah. I think that this really just gets back to the heart of like much of what we talk on here. It's about being preventative. It's about thinking ahead of time and being intentional with your partner, right? And, uh, you know, and that's what we hope for all of you in your holiday season, you know, and, and emerging into the next year that you guys can really set that intention with your partner that, hey, we're going to be really thoughtful about our relationship and we're going to start really preparing to be connected, to have the loving relationship that we want. And you're respecting each other's individual differences. Like before I'd be like, why can't EJ just be like me? Why can't he be like the Chevy Chase? Why doesn't he want to give all this? Like you are you and I love you and you will never be that person, but you're willing to have discussions and you're willing to put yourself out there in different ways and take emotional risks. So I don't, I don't want you to change, but there's a lot of people that get really stuck in that. And they're just like, if only my partner would do this. And no, we just have, we're, we're uniquely different and having those, that respect for that, that is what's going to drive you towards success. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, uh, reach out to us. Tell us about the things that have been challenging for you during the holiday season. Tell us about what's worked, you know, maybe what hasn't worked. If you have any questions, please just reach out info at relationshiprenovation.com. We'd love to read your email and answer the question, or we'd love to have you and your partner on the show if you'd be willing to come on and and talk because people love to hear other people's stories. Yes. And 2024 is like our 
mission is to like have as many couples on our podcast as possible. And it's going to be going to video. We're super excited. Absolutely. So reach out if you want to be a part of the Relationship Renovation Podcast again at info at relationshiprenovation.com. We love to hear your stories. As always, take care of yourself, take care of each other, have an awesome holiday season. And we want to hear if these things worked. Absolutely. Have a great holiday <laughs> okay. season. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train.